welcome to Innovation Insiders. In this podcast, we offer a peek behind the curtains of some of the world's most ambitious businesses. We'll dive into the heart of innovation and AI. In about 20 minutes, we'll cover some of the strategies and stories that drive these industry giants forward. I'm your host, Vincent Pirin. I'm here with Stefan Simerzna. Stefan is a part of the Global Innovation and Insights team at Nespresso. He has more than a decade of experience at Nestle and Nespresso, and he's truly passionate about coffee. And uh, yeah, curious to know, is there anything that I forgot to mention? No. Thank you, Vincent, for having me on this uh, podcast. I'm very pleased to have a, this chat with you. Um, yeah, you, you said it. I mean, I'm very passionate about uh, the category I'm working uh, in, uh, trying to be as knowledgeable about the, the coffee in general, the coffee category. I have the chance to be surrounded by uh, one of the leading coffee experts uh, you know, in the category. Uh, you, you, we have uh, an amazing expertise internally at Nespresso with truly passionate people around coffee. So people that have uh, like a roaster in their garage, you know, and they roast uh, for leisure during the weekend. And they will tell you on Monday, you know, how it was like uh, roasting their own beans uh, in their garage. So we have this type awesome. of crazy people that uh, are uh, really uh, bringing you into their world. And uh, I had the chance to uh, pass a few certification around uh, yeah, barista, uh, being a barista, uh, dealing with different type of coffee machines. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm very passionate about uh, the, the c- category I'm in. Awesome. I'm, I'm jealous on those roasting machines. Uh, uh, you've been in innovation for many years and you've seen many teams and leaders. You're likely seeing some challenges down the road as well. I'm curious to know what would be your advice to innovation leaders? Yeah, so it's interesting because, I mean, it's been a bit of a journey, I think, also for us in terms of, uh, you know, how we make our innovation happen. And I think if you're uh, making innovation in a very well-defined executional journey, um, I would not say it's easy, but you don't have to bother too much about the execution because you know how things will be executed. I think the difficult part we've been seeing over the past years, trying to bring another level of innovation also to our to our customers, is how we make sure that even when we test concepts, we are already thinking about how it will be communicated and, and executed also on our different channels uh, for consumers. Um, it's uh, it's an advantage, I would say, to be a D2C or direct-to-consumer uh, company because uh, obviously we control our own channels and we can decide, you know, how we want to expose, communicate our innovations to consumers. But there's also a challenge in terms of uh, putting everyone on the table and making sure that, uh, yeah, even when we work on the innovation, we make sure that we make space, you know, and, and, and we communicate, we will communicate in the right way to our consumers. So that's something we have, we've been very, very much focused on in the past two years is making sure that we test as much as we can our innovation in context, uh, making sure that we already inject uh, elements of execution, be it on the communication side or even, you know, how it will appear on our PLP, uh, coffee, coffee page in our boutiques so that we learn actually already at this stage of the concept phase on, on how it, it will be executed. And actually, 
it will help us also define, you know, how much we can execute it well, because uh, there's a challenge here, you know, there, there's one part about having a super nice and and and, and uh, appealing concept that will tick all the boxes, you know, in terms of uh, concept uh, success that we know in terms of uniqueness, purchase intents, appeal, uh, those type of, of things. But th there's, there's, there's something that we need to anticipate in terms of, okay, but if things are executed in this way, will it still be appealing to you and that's quite often this part that we we miss you know when we are at uh, at a certain stage uh, for for the innovation uh, uh, pipeline yeah you said many many interesting things on one hand making sure that it's appealing to the customers is, is, is extremely important of course and and actually what you mentioned on the idea that you own both the product and the channel is a, is a very unique position which allows you to do a lot a lot of things that others can't, but it does also actually imply that there might be more complexities and you need to think through uh, much more than, than potentially others that would just sell um, through through retailers, etc. Yeah. No. So one challenge, for instance, that we have is that since we are very passionate uh, coffee people, we always want to bring more and more new varieties you know, to our consumers because there's so much to bring in terms of different profiles, taste profile, varieties, flavored in the category. But we know that there's a certain limit, you know, to which we can bring all those novelties to our channels. And, and this is always a kind of tension, I would say, that we have between uh, yeah, bringing a lot of new products, you know, to excite our consumers, but being, uh, you know, uh, mindful that uh, we cannot come with five new uh, uh, coffees at the same time for, <laughs> for our consumers, because they also need to get used to those, uh, th those new, new coffees. Yeah, of course. And and is that in general something you see that there's a big difference between being a leader in a space versus when you would be like a challenger? At the In the past, Nespresso was a challenger that really came up with a disruptive new idea. Today, you're really a leader in the market. Uh, do you see any difference with, uh, with dealing with innovation in that sense? Yeah, so it's true that uh, I was not there actually at the time, but uh, when, when Nespresso arrived, I would say it arrived in 1986, actually, the company was founded in 1986. We tend to forget about that because we, we think it's still a very new company. But, uh, you know, 1996 was the first uh, time that uh, Eric Favre launched the first Nespresso machine. And I would say the, the company really took off in the early uh, 2000, uh, you know, years, uh, really at the, at, at the beginning. Um, 2000, 2001 was the really the, the growth of the company and it really disrupted, I would say, the, the way people were making coffee at home. Suddenly, you could have a very qualitative cup of coffee in a very convenient way, you know, at the touch of a button. Uh, pressing one button and, and then you got the quality that you had out of home, suddenly at home. So it was indeed very much disruptive and, and I would say that at the time, the idea was more to make this innovation more available to more people, you know, and, and, and it was basically having this espresso quality uh, available to more people in the world. Then the, as the system was growing and, and penetration and, and more and more people uh, added at home, uh, the idea was also how we, uh, you know, target different needs also in the category and we can bring also novelties, excitements to consumer on this base of having 
you know, what defines the Nespresso system and what are the, the benefits of, of the Nespresso system. Uh, again, taste, uh, consistent quality, convenience, design, uh, many elements, but still being, you know, on trends and, and be able to capture, you know, uh, what are the new ways of drinking coffee for people and, uh, you know, drinking, making, making recipes with different types of milks, uh, so dairy meals, but obviously non-dairy milk is a, is a big trend in our category. Flavored coffees uh, is also something very big uh, that we've been investing a, a, a lot in, uh, especially on our, on our virtual system. Uh, different ways also of drinking coffee from... Uh, again, where we were born, very short espresso coffee, uh, very close to the Italian way of drinking coffee, where the inspiration actually came to uh, to the founder of Nespresso when uh, he and his wife, who was Italian actually, uh, were in Rome and, and he wanted to bring this, uh, you know, uh, Italian quality to more people in terms of espresso making at home. Uh, but now with, with the virtual system, we have something also that enables people to make much more uh, different coffee sizes up to a carafe. I mean, with the virtual system today, we can, you can make a shareable carafe at home with just one capsule. So we, we, we really try to push uh, and, and extend in different ways of preparing coffee, be it in terms of sizes, but also in terms of ingredients that you add to your coffee. Yeah, that's it. I've, I've, um, we have a virtual here at the office, and and it's something that I that I love. The the carafe is actually, uh, yeah, definitely uh, something that I that I really enjoy myself as well. Still quite unknown by consumers, but uh, try it out, and uh, you'll see it's it's quite amazing uh, to to. And just like the barista coffee, uh, mm -hmm. the the frother is actually something that I that I really love as well. Yeah. Um, but um, besides from that, I think you've mentioned so many things that. Nespresso could do, but I think a big challenge is also in prioritizing what to do. Mm -hmm. So uh, what do you believe are the most important factors to prioritize like innovation initiatives when you have so many options in front of you? Yeah, that's true. So I, I think there are two things that uh, we have to take into account is, uh, I mean, what needs to be there for our biggest markets. And uh, I mean, today for Nespresso, beyond the big European markets, uh, big coffee markets in Europe, like uh, France, Germany, Italy, uh, Spain, uh, the, the big traditional coffee market, uh, we have also a lot of opportunities in the US where we've been a challenger, actually, back to your previous question. I mean, we, we've been challenging uh, our biggest competitor there. So it's also how you you grow there and you make things that are relevant also for uh, for people in, 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 uh, in the US or in Canada and let's say North America. Um, and also, you know, uh, coffee also in Asia uh, is a different game. Uh, last year, we, uh, we've seen that it was the first year actually in our UNA, so usage and attitude uh, survey, that uh, cold coffee was becoming the dominant way of drinking coffee in Korea, for instance. And it's the first market uh, globally where uh, cold coffee, uh, you know, uh, surpassed, you say in English, uh, yeah. uh, hot coffee. So, so definitely uh, a big challenge also for us in how we answer to consumer needs there and how we prioritize innovation that makes sense for, for 
for consumers there. So, yeah, how you create, there's a lot of opportunities. I would say, uh, to your point, uh, coffee is a very dynamic uh, category. So there, there's a lot of, of things we could do. Then uh, how you prioritize, I think you need to be true to uh, your ambition as a brand, how you want to be positioned, but where you want to bring your brand. And uh, and if you use that lens, uh, it, it should help uh, selecting what should be your priority. Uh, then obviously it's your ambition. I mean, uh, what, where do you want to go as a brand on which, uh, you know, part of the business you want to focus on? And then I think you have a certain, uh, you know, you have to check, uh, what type of, uh, of profiles of coffee drinkers you're going to attract and be true to that type of, uh, you know, uh, coffee drinker targets that you want to be after, uh, in terms of, uh, needs and, 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 and potential, uh, yeah, new ways of drinking coffee. And that should help you also, you know, determine which on, 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 on which type of innovation you want to focus on. Yeah, no, that's super important, both from a segmentation and a, and a regional standpoint, understanding who, uh, where you take inspiration from and who you're targeting as the, the end customer is, is super important. Um, uh, on that note, actually, the other day I saw you experimenting with uh, live dubbing of Korean interviews uh, with AI. Uh, super nice to see that. And uh, how much do you use AI for innovation today, actually? That's a good question. I think we are all, uh, you know, uh, in our basement uh, those days, piloting AI uh, as much as we can. As soon as uh, there's a new release, you know, trying to use the tool and 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 pilot, you know, trial and error a lot uh, with the tool. So uh, I think uh, when we uh, started the innovation uh, process for the year, you know, th there was kind of no AI application, and as the the, the year was uh, passing by we had many many uh, opportunities to pilot different usage of ai so uh, there's still a lot uh, that you know we, we are trying to learn on on, on what uh, what can ai bring to the innovation uh, process at this stage i would say and and that's uh, i mean what you read more and more around uh, you know how to interact with ai is that it's uh, your super clever intern uh, in terms of how you need to talk to him or her i don't know what what we should say or to it uh, but uh, yeah so for me it's like a very clever intern that you can use to to help you on some task uh, obviously i think in terms of uh, analysis of verbatims um, the more the tool will be able to digest you know uh, a bigger volume of verba teams uh, that we can collect through surveys. Uh, it will be amazing at consolidating, you know, uh, different themes, subjects that are uh, that are uh, the most present in your in your verba teams that you collect. Um, and I would say, yeah, that there's a lot to do around AI. I have to say, I'm I'm still. Uh, cautious, I would say, in terms of how much it can bring to creativity by itself. I think it's a, it's a nice partner to foster your creativity, but I don't think you should expect the tool to, you know, just be creative by itself and, and come up with a very creative concept. So I think we, we, we still have some space uh, as human to be around and, and to guide the tool in the right way. Um, I mean, 
you can try, but uh, if you ask the tool to just generate super creative concept out of the blue, it, it won't bring you something <laughs> that creative uh, right now. So yeah, I think there are a lot of things we can do uh, again around, uh, yeah, uh, translating, uh, dealing with high volume, being a coach, uh, you know, I, I use it on a daily basis just uh, in terms of coaching advice on uh, I'm, I'm doing this uh, what would you do you know if you were me and 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 yeah it keeps fueling you with new ideas so I think in in that sense it's uh, it's helpful for the innovation but uh, yeah I mean probably we still don't know how we will use it uh, in uh, next year if you ask me uh, how do you plan to use it next year I'm probably we don't know and uh, as a team as a CMI team also we try to uh, yeah every day we we try to ping pong you know uh, what have you seen what have you used how have have you used the tool what were the prompts that you've used we try to uh, also train ourselves to be like of a prompt prompt engineer for what it means but a prompt uh, expert uh, so yeah, I think you have to keep training yourself and, and be very open, very curious on a daily basis and, and grab any opportunity to, to pilot the tool and see if it can be beneficial to any of the, of the innovation um, yeah, stages. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, you said it very well. It's like human plus AI. So it's not either or. And uh, you, you started with the idea of like, it's it's your intern, it can help us forward. But I love that you also mentioned that it's also the other way around, that you use it to to get some advice and to get some perspectives. So it's also helping us to potentially be better at what we do and to potentially better understand our customers. So, so no, I love that. Um, maybe uh, switching gears to to another topic of, uh, of, of sustainability. I think we're both very passionate about sustainability and, and coffee, uh, of course, um, but you're even a certified as a, as a B Corp leader. And uh, I think Nespresso also recently launched his compostable capsules and is working a lot on its sustainability. Um, curious to get your perspective on sustainability and, um, and sustainability at Nespresso. Yeah, so sustainability has always been a very big topic at Nespresso. I mean, since I joined, uh, it's been a very big focus, at least internally, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, how people are aware about what we do in the fields, uh, the, the big program we've put in place years ago, which is called the AAA program, which is actually recognized by, uh, you know, all our peers in the coffee industry as one of the most advanced uh, coffee program uh, that any company has in terms of working with farmers, uh, you know, the agronomists we have in the field, the long-term relationship we have with more than 100,000 farmers, you know, that uh, have been continuously working with Nespresso also for the quality of the relationship we had with them, but also because we pay a premium, you know, in the category that uh, is not quite often discussed, but actually the, the price premium that you pay also for Nespresso Capsule is also justified by the price premium that is paid in the end to farmers. So, uh, that, that there's been a, a very long-term uh, program in place. And uh, I mean, having worked also a lot around sustainability at Nespresso, uh, I was able to work with also very passionate people, you know, um, on top of the one I was mentioning before around roasting, we also have people that are very passionate about, you know, uh, being on the field, working with farmers and, and how you, because that's also where uh, most of the differentiation is happening. I mean, how much you're able to get qualitative uh, coffee beans and, and uh, how much it impacts the taste, you know, that you will get to consumers in the end. So we've invested a lot also because we, we knew 
knew that this is where we could uh, make a difference and bring this consistent quality to uh, to our consumers. So I was able to work with a lot of of, of people around uh, you know where sustainability is going, what we should do, and I was. Uh, actually part of the group that brought uh, on a regular basis, you know, the topic of uh, B Corp and, and, and B Corp certification. So uh, I, I was very happy that at some point we got traction also internally and and, uh, and also from the management, you know, to, to become a, a B Corp certified company. Also as a a way to uh, assess and testify, you know, about uh, a lot of great efforts we've been putting in place over the years. So it's a bit of the symbol of all these efforts that we've been doing. Uh, so that's more on, on, on the B Corp side. And, and yeah, there, there's, uh, there, I mean, um, to uh, exemplify, I would say the fact that I was truly believing in the power of being a B Corp. I, I, I did some B Corp uh, leader certification, which was amazing in terms of experience. Uh, so that's more on the B Corp side. And, and uh, obviously, we've launched, as you've mentioned, the, the paper compostable capsule recently in France and, and Switzerland, uh, which was a big project, actually. It's been a three-year project uh, that we initiated, uh, you know, doing a lot of research around uh, what does it mean to bring uh, actually a brand new material, you know, and a brand new experience also for consumers uh, moving uh, or, or uh, it's a kind of evolution also because that's what we we've been seeing is that uh, you want to give more choices to people in terms of uh, type of capsules they want to use with their machine so you still have a lot of people that uh, are know the benefits of aluminium you know how much it can preserve your coffee the, the aesthetic also to a certain point that it brings to your kitchen the fact that uh, it's also a colorful product that brings also this more lifestyle part uh, to your coffee experience uh, and, and uh, again how much it can really well protect your coffee uh, but we know that in terms of end of life a lot of people wanted an alternative at some point to aluminium because we know that um, we, we've put in place the, the recycling program and, and there's many now opportunities for uh, Nespresso consumers to recycle their aluminium capsule but still we knew that some people uh, maybe it was a too big effort for them to, uh, to, to use the recycling bin so that's why we've been working a lot to find another way for uh, people to deal with their, the end of life of their capsule and that's where the compostable capsule I think can play a role you know uh, offering for some, an easier way of uh, disposing their their capsule with their with their home compost. Um, so actually now I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm using both at home. I have uh, Vertio uh, the Vertio system for my uh, big cups in the morning, and uh, for all my espresso uh, I have an original machine with paper capsule. Um, and and yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's great to be able to balance a bit between the two the two systems depending on on the occasions. I love it. Awesome. Well, I think we're we're near the end of the of this episode, so maybe I'd love to end with with um, a question on what is your one thing that you've learned in your experience and your journey in innovation that you might want to share with uh, other innovation leaders. Yeah. So I think um, there's a lot of connection and regular connection you can make with consumers that uh, you know are very valuable to your innovation journey so don't be afraid to challenge your ideas confront with 
confront, you see. Uh, maybe confronting is not the right word, but get in touch with consumers at at a lot of stages, you know, during the innovation process, because that's where you will make sure that you're still answering to the right needs, issues, pain points, jobs to be done, uh, you know, for consumers and not being a bit in your uh, golden tower, you know, and, and trying to make up for yourself, you know, what you're trying to solve as an issue. I've seen that a lot in some innovation processes where you go to an, to an innovation uh, brainstorming session and there's a lot of super shiny uh, you know powerpoints uh, and and billboards around trends where consumers are going but there's nothing that will replace you know interacting live with consumers empathizing with consumers uh, getting real connections hearing consumers and, and really trying to grasp you know what you're trying to bring to them and what's the added value you're trying to bring to them with your innovation so really those those connects you know being uh, yeah being in touch with consumers i think is uh, is something key that we kind of tend to forget sometimes because of uh, of a certain process you know that doesn't allow us to really get in touch with them or and, and really, when I mean getting in touch, is not just uh, having an ID screener with a big panel that uh, you, you, you will not know. But I mean, really getting in touch, meeting them, hearing them, seeing them, um, I think is key in your innovation process because, uh, yeah, the, the story and, and uh, the learnings um, and, and how you will, uh, yeah, um, infuse, if I can say, you know, the, the learnings and make them yours uh, will be much more powerful than any type of trend presentation report that you can read. So so I would really encourage people to, to do that. Awesome. Thanks so much, Stefan. Thank you. Really enjoyed this conversation. And uh, definitely, um, yeah, see you soon. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Innovation Insiders. We hope today's conversation sparks your ambition to push the boundaries of what's possible. This podcast is an initiative of Board of Innovation. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Your feedback keeps us inspired and motivated to bring you more insights.